Hey everyone, welcome to Welcome to Paradise It Sucks, the podcast that recounts the worst vacations, holidays, and out-of-town adventures ever experienced by our poor, unfortunate listeners, who are also very good at storytelling. You know how the story goes around here, our subjects share a story of a bad trip, a terrible vacation, or something horrendous that took place when they were supposed to be relaxing and enjoying themselves. This week is somewhat different because... I don't think that the person telling the story had relaxing on his mind when he decided to take his family on a little vacation. Well, it was sort of a vacation, it was more of a road trip, to a music festival. And along this highway to hell, we're going to hear tales of restless children, diapers, open-air drug use, contaminated drinking water, raw sewage, and a little bit of rock and roll, lame DJs, and oh yeah, dirty hippies. So stop shaving your legs and join Dylan, who is now 48, but was 32 when he decided that a music festival in the middle of the desert would be a great place to bring his wife and two-year-old toddler. So let's plug in and turn it up to 11. It's Welcome to Paradise It Sucks, episode 15, Festival Season Nightmare. Today's story concerns Dylan and his family, and recalls events that took place in the spring of 2007. This was a time before the world knew what an influencer was. Music festivals were still secret in-the-know events that weren't splashed across everybody's iPhones because iPhones had only been invented six months earlier, and the TV show Sopranos was just ending. So I was raised in the South. Uh... You know, my mom and dad had split up when I was pretty young. I was four. And we went to live out with my mom in Texas. So I'm a Texas boy. My daddy moved to Georgia. Anyway, uh, you know, my mama loved her some country and rock music. And she loved going to these outdoor festivals, like those all-day outdoor festivals. And it kind of became like a tradition for all of us. And she took me uh, to Willie Nelson's Fourth of July picnic back in the early 80s. I was like six. And it was awesome. I mean... <laughs> Kids everywhere, running around, just like freedom, and I loved it. Cut to 2007. Dylan has moved to Los Angeles and is a new dad. He has a son named Jackson and a wife named Amy. One night, when Amy was pregnant, they were sitting around watching TV and some familiar images started playing. Well, one day we were sitting on the couch and Amy had been pregnant for quite a while at that point and she was, you know, pretty sick of it, to tell you the truth. And then suddenly, like, we're watching this footage from one of those 4th of July picnics. It just came on. And I was, like, so excited. I started telling Amy about how fun those concerts were when I was a kid and all this stuff. And she's, like, rolling her eyes, you know. I don't think she really cared. But I looked at her belly, and I sort of just said to my unborn son, I said, hey, buddy, when you're born, I'm taking you to your first music festival. Amy wasn't exactly thrilled about this proposition and thought that Dylan would probably forget all about it once the baby was born. After all, having a newborn is hard work, and going to a loud and dirty music festival with a baby didn't seem like a great idea. Yeah, well, she's definitely right about the hard work. I mean, I was exhausted for like the first nine months, ten months, just not sleeping. I was like crying into my coffee, that type of stuff. 
you know, uh, Jackson was a cool little dude, though. I mean, he would, you know, calm down sometimes when we listened to music. And he started to kind of maybe even like some of the bands I was playing. And then, like, you know, the idea kind of popped back into my head. I was like, oh, two and a half, three years later, I said to Amy, you know, I thought we should go hit this famous music festival that takes place out in the California desert every year. Amy wasn't looking forward to driving two hours into the desert with their baby. I made her a deal. She had always wanted to go to Hawaii. So I promised her that we could go that summer as long as we got to go to this festival first. And she said she would only go if we got a hotel room and we didn't go camping on the site. So I reluctantly agreed and we got a crappy room at like a red roof inn because all the hotels in Palm Springs were full. So Dylan leaves work early on Friday and they start driving to the festival. But within 10 minutes, they hit a tiny bit of traffic. Uh, it took us six hours to drive 133 miles. <laughs> um, six hours. I mean, that's all my fault. Uh, as it turns out, you know, most festival attendees, they take off their Fridays from work to drive out the day before the festival starts to beat the traffic. The rest of us idiots like me, you know, we leave on Friday and you know how LA is. The whole freeway was a damn parking lot. You know, it was like that scene in Office Space when he keeps like changing lanes only to have his previous lane start moving and then his stops. Oh, and by the way, we had a screaming two-year-old in the backseat. That seems a lot harder than being a 22-year-old kid who's driving out to party and is passing joints back and forth with his buddies. Exactly. So Amy begged me to turn around. She's like, let's go home. But I just knew in my heart that it was going to clear up. I could feel it. I mean, remember, this is way before Google Maps and Waze and all that. All we had was, like, these handwritten directions and, like, two sub sandwiches. Uh, plus, then Jackson starts crying. So Amy's in the back for, like, 30 minutes just sitting there holding them. It wasn't dangerous or nothing because we weren't going very fast. We were going, like, 12 miles per hour. Uh, basically, the traffic never cleared up. And then Jackson had an accident. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> Jackson just... Well, he does what babies do, and, you know, suddenly we had to pull over to change him. Uh, but the problem is the gas stations are just packed, like, everywhere. You know, festival people are just filling up and getting gas and getting snacks and stuff. So we decide to skip that, and we go a couple more miles, and we eventually end up at, like, this truck stop place to clean them up and stuff like that. And we walk inside this place. It's in this town called San Bernardino, right? It's just horrendous. I mean, this place, there were all these bikers in there buying beer. Anyway, we are running towards the bathroom, and then Amy decides to tell me that she forgot the baby wipes. That stinks, so to speak. Yeah, and the toilet paper in there was like this single-ply sandpaper. So Amy's like, hey, go buy wipes in this truck stop. So I go into the truck stop, and they have everything in there but baby wipes. <laughs> everything. I'm talking like t-shirts with wolves on them that say like Call of the Wild, and they got like American flag do-rags and hats and shovels and mops and coolers and paint solvent and like bison jerky. I mean, they got everything but baby wipes. But eventually you found something close, right? I basically bought a set of five washcloths and some soap and it actually worked and we just got out of there as soon as we could. Four hours later, you finally pull into the hotel. Dylan checks in and is told that the air conditioner is not working in his room and that since they came in so late, the only room available is next to the pool. So I was like, all right, nice, you know, pool, it's 85 degrees out. Uh, I wasn't complaining, um, but the air conditioning thing was a little setback. But, you know, at that point, we were just so happy to be out of the car that we didn't complain at all. 
and then Dylan realizes there's nowhere to go and eat dinner. I guess I assumed this area would have all kinds of decent food options, right? I mean, it's near Palm Springs, you know, home of like Frank Sinatra and Marilyn Monroe, like class, right? But we were about, what, 15 miles past Palm Springs, and the traffic was still so horrendous that I didn't want to go back and then drive back this way. So I just kind of asked around. Turns out there's a mom and pop convenience store about a half a mile down. So I left Amy with Jackson, and I went to buy anything that was suitable to eat at this place. Let me guess, you passed on the convenience store sushi? Yeah, I did. Uh, but what I ate wasn't much better than that. I mean, all this place had were like those rubber poison hot dogs on the rolling metal cylinders, and then they had a frozen section. They didn't even have a microwave to heat anything up. So I called over to the Red Roof Inn, and they told me that, yeah, they do have a microwave there, but that it's in the janitor's closet, and that I can use that one. So I'm like starving. So I bought a frozen pizza, I got some milk, got a six pack of beer, and I got ice cream, and I just headed back to the hotel to make janitor closet pizza. And you found out that something else was happening at the hotel. So <laughs> the entire like Greek fraternity system from USC or UCLA or something had arrived that day, and they were having this massive pre-festival pool party. And it's right outside our window. I mean, Jackson needs to go to bed around 7.30, and these guys are just horrendously loud, you know, partying, drinking beers, yelling loud music. It was insane. And I complained, but the front desk tells me that during uh, festival season, that's what they called it, festival season, they have a 10 p.m. curfew. I told them I had a two-year-old with me, and this front desk gal just laughed. And that's when I first began to think, maybe this trip wasn't such a good idea. So between the noise and the broken air conditioner, Dylan's wife Amy wasn't happy, and Dylan wasn't sure of what to do. So Jackson's crying, Amy's threatening to drive home, the kids outside are raging, it just wasn't good. And the pizza was terrible, by the way. Uh, and it was so hot inside that hotel room, we had like only one solution, and it made me feel like an idiot. So we went out to the car and turned on the air conditioning, and drove around the parking lot until we got Jackson to fall asleep. And then, since the AC was so nice in the car, we decided that we only had one choice if we were going to make it through the night. We were going to sleep in the car. Dylan drove the car over to a quieter part of the parking lot, away from the pool, let the engine and the AC run, and slept in a car with his family on the first night of his family festival vacation. To say I slept in the car is not really accurate. I mean, I was just miserable and thinking about how crappy this had been so far. And I only had one thing with me that would get me through the night, so I basically drank all the beers I had bought in the car with the AC running. <laughs> not my proudest moment. They wake up in the car the next day, and Dylan begins getting excited about the festival again. You know, it was such a bad night, and I felt so awful about the car and the traffic and the food and all that. I just told Amy, you know, start planning Hawaii. Like, start it now. She lit up a little bit, and she told me she was willing to go to the festival that day. So, you know, we showered. We got on the road early to beat the traffic. We drove out there to the festival grounds. You know, for a brief second, it was awesome. Right? I mean, I was, like, super excited, and we parked, and I went to the box office to pick up the passes I had ordered. Dylan wanted to surprise Amy. He had paid extra and ordered a special VIP pass so that they didn't have to stand in the general population area. That scored major points at first, right? Because the VIP section sounded great when I looked at it online. Uh, you know, there's beverage tents and free massages, and I just figured it'd keep us away from the big crowd. And Amy was thrilled, and she called me, you know, courteous and thoughtful and, 
You know, she actually admitted for a brief second that she was kind of excited about the day, and, you know, she even picked out a couple of bands that she wanted to see. But the VIP section wasn't exactly an intimate affair. VIP stands for, or should stand for, very important person. Apparently, there were a lot of very important people. Because uh, the first band started up, and there was like a flood of people who just poured in, and all of them, each one of them had VIP passes. So then the band starts up, and, you know, Jackson starts crying because it's so loud. His little ears are just pounding. So I, like, took off. I left. I went, like, a half mile across the festival to this tent, and I bought a pair of these ear-protecting headphones for him, uh, which cost me 100 bucks, by the way. But, you know, hey, they're super important, right? As the VIP area began filling up, Amy began to get claustrophobic and handed Jackson to Dylan. She said that she needed air and turned around to walk out towards the central fountain where she could clear her head. It was packed, and I had Jackson on my shoulders, and all these people were coming by and saying things like, oh, he's so cute, look at that little dude, all that stuff. He was just looking around dumbfounded, and I wasn't sure how he was really doing, but, you know, the band was crushing it, and I was kind of enjoying it for a second, uh, until... These two just like hippie dudes in front of me took out like a six inch blunt and just began hitting it and hitting it hard. And the smoke was billowing directly backwards into Jackson's face. Most babies aren't having contact highs at two years old. So I sort of told these hippie guys, I'm like, can you please stop? I have my baby with me. And, you know, they were actually kind of cool. They turned around and they were like, oh, yeah, man, you know, baby's first high, whatever. Sorry, dude, we'll put it out. But you know how stoners are? Short-term memory ain't exactly working too well. And then like one song later, they were smoking it again and it was all drifting into my kid's face. This time Dylan approached the situation a little differently. I was pissed. I mean, I didn't care about peace and love and all that shit. I mean, I'm from Texas, you know? So I basically just laid into these dudes. I was like, hey man, I asked you once already. You basically disrespected me and now you're putting my kid in harm's way. And this one guy turns around and just says, oh man, you know, don't bum us out, man. You know, you're the effing genius who took your kid to a damn festival, bro. You're going to ask everybody here to stop puffing? Look around, you dumbass. <laughs> and I was like, oh man. Dylan thought about this and realized that maybe these hippies were right. Was it the best idea to bring a baby to a music festival? When he surveyed all the other people there, he realized that he was the only person who had brought a baby and that the entire crowd was smoking weed. He's, this hippie guy's expecting me to respond, but I just sort of nodded. I shook his hand. He looks back and says, plur. And I'm like, what? Does this guy even speak English? What is plur? Plur, in festival slang, stands for peace, love, unity, and respect. Don't ask me how I know that. So I had no idea what plur was or what it meant. So, you know, I just kind of walked around for a sec, caught my breath. I wanted to get a beer. Uh, but of course, you know, look, the beverage line is what, 75 people long. Um, so I just kind of take Jackson off my shoulders and I look at him and I'm not going to say he was stoned, but he's definitely chilling. You know what I mean? Uh, and I was like, oh man, oh no, no, this is bad. And I started kind of panicking and I'll always remember this. I asked him how he was and he just stared at me and he said, mommy, <laughs> at least he didn't ask you to go buy him a bag of Funyuns, right? <laughs> So I just, I hot-tailed it out of there. I was convinced that my two-year-old kid was like freaking high. I was totally paranoid. I was going to get arrested. Jackson's going to get taken away from me. You know, it was bad, man. It was a bad scene. So I went to find Amy at the center fountain. And she's just sitting there on the ground looking like 
spent, right? And I'm like, hey, you know, babe, what's up? And she's just on the verge of tears. So now I have to decide, do I tell her about these hippie dudes and the weed, or do I just avoid the entire conversation? Uh, and what I realized was that I was definitely high. I had like a contact high because when I used to get high when I was younger, all it got me was super paranoid, and I was super paranoid. Dylan decided that since Amy was already close to tears, he would not bring up the hippie situation. Instead, he asked her why she was so upset. Her reason was rather concerning. Here's what happened. Amy apparently had drunk out of this water fountain that was contaminated or something. And the festival had been open for like three hours at that point. But there was already like a porta potty incident and something had crossed paths. And she was super paranoid, too, that she was going to get this thing everyone was calling trench mouth, which apparently is not a good thing. Any normal parent would have left at this point. Dylan knew that this trip hadn't gone as he had planned but he felt like he could still see his favorite band, who were set up to go on at another stage in just an hour. So this is probably the worst decision I made. I told Amy, I was like, look, I'll, I'll be willing to go home after I just see the next band. They're one of my favorite bands. It's kind of the reason I wanted to go to this festival besides taking my kid. And so I gave her uh, permission to go hang out in the festival trip tent. A trip tent is a safe place for people who are overdosing at festivals. It's always full of young kids who got too high or drunk. Paramedics are there, and it's a pretty busy place at festivals. Again, don't ask me how I know this. So I walked her and Jackson over, and they went inside, and the medics, who were all very nice, they gave them some snacks, gave them some bottles of water, and you know they assured Amy she's not going to get the trench mouth thing, so that made her happy. I was happy. I promised them we could leave after I saw this next band, and I went to this other stage, which was like 300 yards away. Dylan saw his favorite band, but he was now facing an entirely new challenge. So I go to the VIP area again, and it's packed, again, as usual. And there was more weed, and people are getting drunker and louder, and the, the band's killing it. I mean, they sound great. And I might have even had a buzz from earlier, but I was really into the music. I was so into it. I was, like, bonding with guys next to me, like, way younger guys, by the way. And we were just having the best time. Uh, some dude, like, even bought me a couple of beers. And we just had a great time during their set. Uh, and then it was over. This is where Dylan had promised Amy and Jackson that he would come back to the festival tent and that they could leave. But things didn't quite go as planned. I mean, I was having so much fun that I decided I would maybe stay for the next, you know, act who was some celebrity DJ or something who mixes stuff and like plays music off his laptop or whatever. That's not normally stuff that I want to hear or see, but I was... I don't know, man. I was like into it. Uh, it may have been like the weed from earlier or the beers, but I just really had no intention of leaving. I was having a good time. Amy got nervous and tried calling Dylan. Since he was so packed into the audience, he wasn't feeling his iPhone in his pocket. Now, remember, the iPhone back then was brand new. This is like version 1.0, and there were a ton of issues. Uh, and so back then, I wasn't one of those guys who let like a phone run his life. So I just sort of figured, you know, Amy and Jackson are in that tent. They're fine. What can go wrong? But Amy wasn't sure where her husband was, so she decided to walk to find Dylan. She takes Jackson, and they head back out towards to find Dylan, who, meanwhile, finally decided to head back to the festival trip tent. Well, eventually I left the DJ set. I was kind of done. And I saw I had about nine missed phone calls from Amy, and I realized that I was about 45 minutes later than I said I would be. So I knew this was not going to end well, you know. 
So I started walking back to that that trip tent, festival tent. When I got there, they told me that Amy and Jackson had left to go find me about 25 minutes earlier. So now Amy and Jackson are wandering around the festival looking for Dylan, and he's back at the tent. He starts to panic. So now I'm freaking out. Uh, I can't find Amy. I'm just praying that Jackson's with her, but I don't know. I just start walking around the festival. And if you've ever really been to a music festival, you know that there are like 400 acres of grounds. So I did what I thought was the safest thing. I went over to that center fountain and just waited. Luckily, 15 minutes later, Amy and Jackson showed up. So Amy appears, and she's carrying Jackson, and she just looks pissed. I mean, this kid weighs like 30 pounds at this point. Amy's a pretty petite girl, and she's just losing it. She walks up to me and just stares daggers directly into my eyes, and she just says, Let's go now. A few minutes later, Dylan and his family were in the parking lot trying to leave. The parking lot is just full of kids, right? I mean, it's packed. All these kids just partying, smoking. It was like Mardi Gras or something, right? Cars are parked, and they're in the way, and kids are unloading tents, and there's weed everywhere. I mean, I get it. It's the first day of the festival. People are there to party. But it took us 45 minutes to get out of that parking lot and head back towards Los Angeles. Luckily, there is virtually no traffic heading back towards L.A. Dylan pulls off at the Red Roof Inn to gather their luggage and check out. So I go in, I grab the luggage, front desk clerk asks how everything was and asks why we're leaving early. I just went off on like those kids partying in the pool, the broken air conditioning, the whole setup. She just looks at me and says, no offense, sir, but most old people don't stay here during festival season. Okay, I was pissed. Old, I mean, I was 32. I went back to the hotel room and I was just, I was pissed. I took some leftover pizza from the night before and I hid it up inside one of those cardboard panels in the closet as sort of a goodbye F.U. to the Red Roof Inn. That's not exactly the most mature decision. I regretted it almost immediately, but I was so pissed and insulted and embarrassed about the whole festival disaster, and I, I don't know, man. I acted like a child, but I just didn't like being insulted, and I just I hated the whole experience. The good news is that they tore down that hotel about two years after Dylan and his family stayed there. I wonder if anyone who stayed there smelled stale frozen pizza in the ceiling. Yeah, trust me, it probably smelled better than the normal scent of that room. You know, I'd rather sleep in a place that smells like an Italian restaurant than a garbage dump. So when all was said and done, did Amy forgive you? Yeah, I mean, look, she was happy when we drove home that afternoon. I ate the price of two hotel room nights, and I dealt with some bad crowd interaction, but overall, she was just kind of happy that we left. The funniest part was that when we were driving home, Jackson fell asleep, and it was peaceful and quiet for a second. So I asked Amy, I was like, hey, you know, what went down in that festival tent? Here's where Dylan received the craziest information of his trip. Amy says, it was so weird. We were sitting there when you were at that other show, and he just kept eating the crackers I gave him. He had like 10 little packs of crackers. It was the most I've ever seen him eat in his entire life. And I was like, uh, oops. <laughs> So Dylan comes clean about the hippie guys and the plumes of smoke, the small confrontation, and the fact that Jackson had probably been around some weed. Amy was pissed. Look, she didn't talk to me for the rest of the ride. You know, I get it. And I was embarrassed. And, you know, look, I was actually concerned. I thought he was going to turn into some, like, massive stoner or something. But, I don't know, the good news is we got back in an hour and a half, which is the proper amount of time it should take to go from the desert to L.A., does your son have any memory of that festival? Jackson is 17 now. He's at the top of his high school class. Uh, he's most likely going to UCLA, which is like impossible to get into. 
So apparently that little session at the festival didn't have a negative effect on him. Um, he does tell his friends about his first concert, though, and they all think it's pretty cool. Because most of their first concerts was like, Yo Gabba Gabba or something. Never seen it. So, did you ever take Amy or Jackson to another festival again? No, no, but, uh, you know, I still go to concerts, and I know Willie still does that 4th of July picnic, so maybe I can convince them to go to that. You know, it'll probably be a better environment, although, hey, who knows? I mean, weed's everywhere now. You know, it's legal in, like, 13 states. These days, I go to the Grove, man, I smell someone, like, smoking up almost everywhere, and I see new parents, and they look upset about it all the time, and I just laugh, and I say, hey, man. I got a story for you. <laughs> We've packed up the VW bus, checked out of the hotel, and lost a few brain cells. And this story has had its final encore. So let's go over some of Andy's travel tips. Tip number one, have a central location at a music festival. It was only by chance that Amy and Dylan met at the Central Fountain. But if you go to a large festival with friends, find a meeting area that you can go to if somebody is in trouble, loses a cell phone, or the service is terrible. Tip number two, don't start any sort of road trip on Friday afternoon. Traffic is always horrendous and you'll be delayed for hours. Also fill the gas tank before you hit the road. Tip number three, if you can, avoid staying at rundown hotels on the road. I'm sure when those places were built, Back when Route 66 was coming up, they were fancy dwellings with superior bones. But now most of them are rotting and falling apart, and you may have to use the microwave oven in the janitor's closet. Until next time, thanks for listening to Welcome to Paradise, It Sucks, and don't forget to write a review wherever you get your podcasts. It really does help. While you're at it, follow me at Let's Not Meet Cast on Instagram for more updates on upcoming episodes, and check out my other shows, Let's Not Meet a True Horror Podcast and Odd Trails at crypticcountypodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. If you've got the worst vacation experience ever, we want to hear about it. Please email us at welcome to paradise it sucks at gmail.com. Welcome to Paradise It Sucks is a collaboration between Cloud10 Media and Cryptic County. The executive producers are Andy Tate and Sim Sarna. The producers and writers are Zach Selwyn and Devin Ruskin. All my bags are packed. I'm ready to go. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.